0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Dancer Talks. My name is McCall Sheets, and I'll be your host. This week, I am so excited to have Robbie Downey on the podcast. Some of you may know her as Ballet Freak from her YouTube channel that she started many years ago at the beginning of her ballet journey. Well, she has become such an amazing ballerina, and I am excited to catch up with her and share her story with you. Robbie danced with Colorado Ballet and now dances in Los Angeles and has her own ballet school. She is so accomplished and such a hardworking dancer who has such a great mindset, and I am very inspired by her, and I hope you are too. Without further ado, here's Robbie. All right, so Robbie, can you tell me a little bit about your dance journey and how you got to where you are today?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's kind of a long path. (laughs) I'm going to try to keep it short. Um, So I'm 23 now. I started dancing when I was around four and then I've been dancing professionally since I was around 18. Um, I grew up in San Diego. I trained at a couple different schools there, trained mostly Vaganova based training. Um, when I was 16, I moved to New York to train at Ellison Ballet and I trained with Edward Ellison and um, Aaron Forrest for a year, but I also had been training with them. I would go to Ellis Ballet pretty much every summer since I was like 13. So I spent, you know, five, six weeks training with them over the summer as well. Um, and then so I did year round program there for a year. Um, but then the teachers ended up switching for my group and I just didn't feel like a right fit for me me anymore. Um, So I decided to kind of expand my options and I ended up moving to Arizona to actually train at Master Ballet Academy. After that, I think I was around 17 at that point. Trained there for two years, got a lot of performance opportunity and we performed under Phoenix Ballet as well. Um, We did some galas, stuff like that. Um, I did USA, IBC, the ballet competition when I was there. And then after two years there, I landed pretty much technically my first professional job um, with Colorado Ballet. Um, And I was in the studio company there. So I spent two seasons with Colorado Ballet. And then uh, at the end of my second season, that's basically when the pandemic started. Uh, And then I moved back home to California. And right now I'm just, um, I was kind of freelancing for a bit. I still am. I did like a Nutcracker guesting this past year, which is really fun. That was like my first time back on stage since March, 2020. April, wow. like that, yeah. Um, really crazy. And then I'm working actually with a small dance company right now in LA, they're up in Granada Hills. We have a <laughs> show coming up in May. So we're just working on that right now. So, which is really nice. It's a nice little uh, company. Uh, I'm excited to perform again in May. Sweet. Yeah.
0: So how did everything tie together? Like when you were younger, you had this big, well, you still have this big YouTube uh, channel and all of your, followers how did that tie together with your career and where you are now definitely um yeah so it's
1: been kind of a wild ride with um ballet freak I guess is essentially like I guess my presence on social media um and it's really funny to me I don't know I think it's funny when people are like oh like because I've been recognized at places like ballet <laughs> <competitions> and stuff <laughs> and they're like oh are you ballet freak like it's, it's funny to me but um uh shout out to my mom she really started all of it for me she started my youtube channel when i was 10 and um we kept it going she had i had a lot more opportunities when i was younger to kind of film in class and stuff and then she would help me um as i got older i kind of like separated from it a little bit i still have my youtube channel and i'm actually um in the process of kind of revamping it and starting it over again because um, it was really hard for me to just kind of get into like that mindset again like i don't really consider myself like an influencer in that like aspect but um i think it can be really a great platform depending on how you use it and i do like sharing what i'm doing with everybody and everybody has been really awesome that's been following my journey um since i was 10 i still have people comment that or people have come across my TikTok they're all oh my gosh are you not <laughs> <rotten laughs> from like when you were 10 I saw your YouTube video and it's so it's like so interesting to me but um it definitely has given me a lot of opportunity to connect with certain people in the dance industry whether it's you know like what we're doing connecting there I mean we've met we've danced together before in person but just kind of that um idea of it um I've met um some other people. I worked with Agnes, her Instagram is artsy Agnes. And we did. um, She's really big platform. She's vegan as well. And she she was doing a lot of short films. Um, So I had connected with her via social media, like a couple years back when I was at Ellison. And then we kind of touched base again. And then I was in one of her short dance films. So opportunities like that. So and I I mean, I think it's a really great thing, but uh, I don't let it overpower my life but I like it's fun having that presence but it's it's kind of just interesting to me I don't know (laughs) I find it funny that I have like a platform like that I don't it's just interesting to me but I love it so yeah I'm gonna start getting back into YouTube and stuff and trying to see where that takes me next I guess
0: yeah and also I was just thinking about it how YouTube and Instagram have changed so much since like we were 10, (laughs) we first on there. Like, it's the things that you put now, there's reels, now there's videos, even on YouTube, there's such high quality editing going on and Mm -hmm. high quality filming and all that. So, it, you know, a way to get followers or get out there previously is totally different now. Like, people, I, I feel like. it's amazing how high quality dance isn't always showcased and and it isn't always on social media it's more like oh let me do the trend of the
1: (laughs) yes and (laughs) I have a hard time with that I'm not good at doing trends same with TikTok like my TikTok is so small compared to like some of the other people but it's like I cannot convince myself to like do a lot of the trends not because I don't like them or I want to be like oh like the trends Uh, like I don't want to be that type of person but I just, I don't know, yeah, I feel like the same because we kind of grew up with how YouTube was when we were younger or whatever. So I'm kind of more accustomed to that, but it's so different and you're, it's changing every day, every week. So it's it's a lot to keep up with, but I mean, yeah, it has changed a lot, I agree.
0: Yeah. So what made you want to start your own ballet school? Yeah, uh,
1: also my mom, she's a big part of this as well. (laughs) Thanks, Gina. Um, she's, we've been kind of working together for the past, like we, uh, we have academy for dance together. That was where I have a lot of online courses and we still have that. We're also revamping that as well. Um, and she basically, we did a flexibility course a few years back. Um, and now we kind of work together. We did a pirouette course together. My mom helped me film it. She's all the behind the scenes. She does marketing, um, the filming, like that's her realm, and then I'm like, I guess the one you know, the, the teacher aspect of it. So it works really w- well together. Um, and, and she's great. She always has so many ideas. It's insane. Her brain is like filled with all these incredible ideas. Um, and we when I moved back home, during the pandemic. We were down in San Diego. Then our lease ended there and we we just kind of wanted out of that area. And um, so we moved up to Hermosa Beach, which is closer to LA, um, which I love. There's a lot more opportunity up here and it's just very different energy. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up filming the Perawat course and then we started kind of transitioning to like online Zoom classes and stuff like that. So I guess that was kind of like the start of you know my own school. And then Um, I still wasn't really dancing with a company or anything, just freelancing. Um, So then we just kind of started brainstorming West Coast Ballet School. And primarily it was West Coast Ballet, which is another project (laughs) that I have, um, which is kind of getting like a small dance company out here in Hermosa Beach, South Bay area, LA, I guess that general area. Um, and kind of doing my own thing with that, Um, but I think, I guess, why I wanted to start my own school was, um, I like kind of being in charge of it, and I also want to kind of drift away from, like, the typical ballet school, or, like, at least how I grew up, I don't know, like, work with all the teachers I've worked with, Um, I want to create an environment where it's, you're learning, you're in a, you know, a serious program for classical ballet, but you're not you're in a safe and healthy like environment like mentally physically like you're given corrections but you're not being like knocked down because yeah you know you're doing something wrong like that aspect you know um so I guess that's why I want to do my own thing um and then same with the company I I I just after the pandemic too it's like I don't know if I want to enter you know the typical ballet company life again. It's like, I wanna create my own thing and work with different people here who wanna work with you and like make a nice environment of that. Um, And then also help people who love ballet. I mean, I wanna, it's cool seeing people progress and then um, improve from you and they're inspired and it's a nice positive positive environment. I, I love seeing that, it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, there needs to be more people like you in the ballet world that are making it a better place. And think, yeah no, sorry, go ahead no go ahead especially i think our generation is going to make ballet a better place because mm-hmm. you know i've heard oh that teacher's that way because their teacher was that way right. Well, now our generation's like we're going to change things up a bit and make this a healthier place and a yes. more encouraging and positive place and maybe people will be even better and exactly. yeah. i think it's going to happen I think so too, and we've definitely
1: seen that a lot recently in the past year, year and a half Um, through social media. I mean, that's another great aspect of it is you've seen like a lot of things come out. Um, Do I think it's improving in like your standard big ballet companies? Yes, but also no. I mean, I'm not directly involved in companies like that right now or anymore, but I still think they have a lot of work to do um, and it, I don't even know if it will ever get to the point of I guess like something that I'd want to be a part of. I mean I want to dance but I want to dance without being stressed out all the time. i uh, feeling like I'm not being up to like the company director's standards or you know worrying about that like you want to be in like a nice environment. I'm not saying it's going to be sunshine and rainbows all the time but <laughs> you know, you want to make it a little it's just ballet at the end of the day. It's just ballet and I think people need to remember that, you know. It's an art yeah. form. You're here to dance, you're here to perform for other people. Like it's really not that serious at the end of it.
0: Yeah. It's I mean, I look even back at to my life before the whole entire pandemic. And yeah. I was a whole different person. The pandemic happened, and I think we were all brought out of our little yes. bubble and space. And we were, we had to come up with a whole different outlook on this because yeah. no one even knew if companies were gonna come back or what right. was gonna happen. And some people changed for the better, and then some people stayed the same. But I think a lot of people are realizing that, hmm, that's... Uh, that way of life maybe isn't for me, but you go ahead, do that, and I'm going to create something even better. (laughs)
1: Exactly, definitely. I agree. I mean, obviously, nobody really ever wanted the pandemic to happen, but I think, in a way, it helped us, you know, kind of step out of our routine that a lot of ballet dancers get stuck in, Um, because, you know, from when you're younger, you're like, okay, I'm going to train. I'm training to basically be a part of a ballet company, and then I'm going to rehearse and perform with that ballet company. And then that's it. Um, and a lot of, I feel like a lot of ballet companies are still super dated and like stuck in the past. I think they are changing, but yeah, I mean, at least for me, I think I'm happy with where it took me in dance aspect, just like exactly
0: like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the most challenging part and the best part about starting your own dance school.
1: Ah, uh, uh yeah, I was thinking about that. Um the best part is I probably already said this. Um I guess probably being able to work with people and you know guiding them through their path in the dance world whether it's they want to do it professionally or they're you know an older student. I teach a lot of adult students as well, as well and they're always super nice and supportive because they love ballet and they just want to take it and they want to be immersed in it and they want to improve. Um, so that's exciting—is kind of helping someone from the start and then helping them go through it and seeing their progress. Um, and then also just being in charge of what <laughs> I'm doing and how I want to do it. I'm not under anybody else's, you know, standards, um, which is you know exciting. And you get to kind of go in whatever direction feels right, right for me. Um, most challenging probably is, I mean, it's like any business starting from scratch, you know, you're starting with nothing. Um, Probably, you know, studio space, finding that whether you are renting from somebody else or, you know, you're going to eventually get your own building. I mean, that's a big expense. That's a big production. Um, And honestly, probably just like advertising and getting your own students. I think that's, um, probably the most challenging. Everything else kind of fits together once you kind of have that that base and that background. I think that is really just the most challenging. Yeah.
0: Okay. What is your most memorable moment in your dance career so far? I'm so
1: bad with questions like these because then <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I need to recap everything. Um, but Okay I have like two answers because one is like uh, more like in the performance side and then one is like a moment that I had recently with um, a teacher so I'll do the performance stuff first. Um, when I was at Colorado Ballet we performed Serenade and um, that's such a stunning ballet. I didn't even think I would like doing it or performing it as much as I did just because growing up as like a super Vaganova dancer like balancing Serenade is very different. World, mm-hmm. um, but I was in studio company still, and I actually got like a really nice part in it. I I it just happened. I don't even know how. <laughs> and uh, it's it was one of okay. So there's a section in Serenade where I believe it's with Russian girl, and then just a random like court of ballet girl from Serenade. Mm-hmm. They come and they do like a little du- duet together. It's super short, but it was kind of like a little like highlighted part. And then there was a couple other parts where I had like my own thing. And then I ended up being in other sections just because of how that placed me. So that was super exciting. And just being able to perform Serenade with a live orchestra at the Ellie, like it's such a stunning theater and environment. So that was really exciting. Um, Really loved that program. And also we did Don Quixote, my second season, and that's probably my favorite ballet. So that was also very, very exciting. I love Don Quixote. Yes. Yeah,
0: it's my favorite. I love it. Ugh, I just cry every time I go and see it or I listen to the music. I don't know what it is. It's not even a sad ballet. No, I don't, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm mean, like,
1: a lot of people were like, oh, like, I don't want to do Don Q. I'm like, what? Like <laughs> this is like my favorite. Like I just love like the Spanish style ballet stuff. And the music, like, it's just so so awesome and the energy of the whole ballet is really awesome I don't know I, it's my favorite so I'm glad that somebody else <laughs> relates to it Um that is I'm sure there's other moments I'm going to think of like after the fact that's just because my brain is like I don't know but the second one is um, so I before I joined the small dance company I would take class at Westside School of Ballet, their school up in Santa Monica, and they have a lot of good open adult Mm -hmm. classes, and I was taking Johnny Zong's class, and um, I would go multiple multiple times a week, and he's a really awesome teacher, like, one of my favorites, I love working with him, and uh, he would, he was giving me a correction, we were working on, like, arabesques one day, and I was like, I just, I feel like I have a hard time, like, straightening the back of my knee fully, like, I just, I can't feel it, like, what do I do and we kind of like branched off of that like correction and like took it a little bit further and he was like um you know extensions and like developes everything that's not my strong suit and I've always known that I'm not like an adagio or like extension dancer like I just it's not me at all like I prefer jumps pirouettes higher like sharper movements I guess like you know stuff like that um, and I feel like growing up it was always like oh you can't do adagio like mm. like you know it was kind of it always made me feel like I always felt like steps behind people because like a lot of especially for girls in ballet
0: and Vaganova it's so and- small oh yeah.
1: oh yeah I know I was like what am I doing <laughs> but um I don't but especially for girls in ballet I mean obviously yes we have to have like there's always going to be moments in ballet where you have to do adagio stuff and you'll work on that when you do that role or that ballet whatever but it was never like oh you can jump you can turn like and that's more of the guy stuff right at least that's how I felt growing up and it was always like super frustrating because I didn't I wanted to do more of that stuff too but that's another thing I mean I feel like that's kind of evened out a little bit more um throughout my years in ballet I've seen it's kind of toned down but anyways, he kind of told me like, work with what you have. Like, and then he also told me how to work with what I have. Like nobody kind of really walked me through that process. Like in training, they were just like, well, you, you don't really have extensions. So like, yeah, that's like what it is. Like they never really kind of guided me through it or like, and it was like in a positive way where he helped me like yeah, you're, you have the jumps, the turns, but like, this is how you can work with the extensions and the, the control you have over that. And it was just like, really nice to hear that. I've had really supportive teachers in the past. Don't get me wrong, but it was nice to hear that after, you know, especially being in the company and stuff too. So I'll always remember that he's really awesome for that. So I really appreciate how he kind of brought that up and was like supportive of it. It it felt really great because, um, a lot of the times if you can't, you know, lift your leg up here or you can't do even pirouettes people get on. It's like, oh, you're less of a dancer, but that's not true. (laughs) You work on what you have and you can make it happen, right?
0: Yeah. And you see dancers on stage and sometimes they aren't even putting their leg up. They're just standing there and you're mesmerized by it. Exactly. And it's just sometimes it's even about just how you feel about dancing, like Mm -hmm. your passion or how you show the artistry or the acting on the stage and that's what counts like i saw this this past i guess fall i saw jillian murphy oh my gosh she's amazing at turns but even she was doing giselle and she was just doing like small little acting moments and i was in the nosebleeds but you could just you could tell You like ah, oh, she's i love this and she just had a baby like
1: she, know. She's great. She's insane. She's
0: working with what she has in an amazing way. Exactly, and like that's what I love about it too,
1: because she is a dancer that has you know a, a trick aspect, but then, yeah, she can take something like Giselle and portray it to the audience. Because I think that's one of the hardest things about ballet is we have such a technical side to it um but everything is also so subjective in the artistry and like the acting side of it too so it's it can be really hard to balance the two of those but yeah at the end of the day it's an art form so at the end of the day the tricks and the technique kind of go below that once you're on stage at least that's how I view it I want to be you know immersed in the show and I want to be inspired or you know, I don't know. yeah it's all, it's all subjective <laughs> that's the hard part about it
0: yeah and I feel like I don't know. Recently, I've been looking and watching at some people do ballet competitions and it's a lot of tricks these days. And the people who stand out are the ones who can do, who can both have great turns or use what they have and also have the artistry. But I think a lot of people get caught up on, oh, I can do 10 pirouettes. I I agree, Mm -hmm. especially in,
1: yeah, like the younger generation, like, um, like the kids who are like 14, 15 now, um, I see that a lot and I agree Um, because I actually had coached a student for YGP and um, so it was definitely interesting being there and like seeing all of that. But yeah, I agree. I think it needs to be like a balance because we're not like the Olympics at about like competition where we have like such a technical scoring aspect to it. You do, you have to have the technique, but you know, everybody's technique is a little bit different. Um, But yeah, you need to also have the artistry and connect with the audience. I think that's super, super important. There's no ballet really without that.
0: Yeah. And I think even at YGP, my teachers would always be like, okay, this is the artistry page. Like they have a they have two pages or yeah. two boxes. I don't know what. And they're like, this is how you're gonna get the <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> this is how you're gonna get the turnout box. I know I was looking at my old YGP
1: forms because I was showing my student and I was like this is so interesting to look on but it's like it's so vague like there's no like like I said like the Olympics they literally have like obviously we're not we're so different than the Olympics but that's Mm -hmm. just how I compare it like there's no like really like guideline to how they score you so at the end of the day it's like how does this make any sense you know
0: yeah it's based on oh how what they like
1: Politics, too.
0: Politics. If there's it. no, like, for example, in running, because I just started running recently, yeah. you know if someone is good based on the time, based on how fast they go. Right. In ballet, like, yes, you someone can get their leg to 180 degrees. Is that yeah. a 10 out of 10 score? I don't even know. Right. <laughs> is it like, but, but is it turned out, like, can you tell? What about the... It that frustrates me. It frustrates me
1: too because I feel like, um, like especially for something like YGP, like it's like I don't know how they even score it. Like it just really there's no, yeah, there's no like set, like, yeah, like you said, this is 180. Like, is that like considered? Like, how are we going to score that? You know, um, I don't know. I mean, like I did USA IBC. Little bit better, I think, because it's more selective, you know, you, it's kind of Olympic style where you, you basically audition for it. And then you have rounds once you get there. So you're eliminated as you go through, but still at the end of the day, everybody's doing different variations. Some people are doing pas de deux. Like how can you, at the end of the day, compare that in ballet? I feel like in that aspect of ballet, like competition's, the, like scoring needs to be better. I don't know. It's really confusing yeah. to me.
0: Yeah, and definitely like, I'm. I don't want to go on this tangent, but I know we're like, where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> so like, the judges maybe standardize the judging system because some people they are from a different background as some other judge, and maybe one day you get one judge and one other day another girl gets a different judge and maybe they like her better than or maybe the judge would have liked you on that day or this yeah
1: and like it also it's like I don't know there's such politics involved like in it like with where you train who you train with I mean I think everybody knows that so I have no problem like pointing that (laughs) out like (laughs) I mean, if you don't, like, I don't know, like, it's so political. And it's like, I think it's super unfair
0: that it's that way. But And that just brings up another interesting topic about, you know, dancers having a voice. And that's also another reason why I created a podcast was just to be able to speak about things that maybe or listen to other people's stories and understand what people go through. Because you no. don't really hear that because everyone just wants to have a perfect image and never talk about oh like I learned this I learned that you know it's totally. people feel nervous to share and um yeah. especially in the
1: ballet world I don't know like I mean I I relate to that I've I want to there's a lot of things I want to talk about but I'm still like it is scary to talk about I mean I have no problem sharing stuff on my platform I think especially with changing the ballet industry for the better but yeah it feels it's a bit intimidating because you don't know where it's going to lead you but if it's something that can help change for the better then I think I think we'll get there I think a lot more people are definitely like excited to talk about it not everything's bad in the ballet world but there are a lot of there are a lot of things that need work and help just like anything in life really right yeah every
0: and, everything has their moment <laughs> their, their downfall yeah. but they're they also have good things and
1: 100%. you know
0: ballet is amazing and if we didn't have it then we would not have met and also we wouldn't be where we are today. so
1: I don't I really don't know what I would do without ballet like um even the, pandem- the pandemic happening it kind of changed my course in ballet I took a long break from ballet I didn't dance for almost a year um one, because there was really nowhere to dance, I live in a really small apartment with my mom and my sister, so, like, where am I supposed to take class from home, you know, Um, but it was, I was, like, depressed, like, not being in, like, my normal routine, like, um, or just not even taking class, like, a couple times a week or consistently, and then, like, when things started opening back up, I, like, some of my friends were, like, you know, getting back into, like, their company, like into their position. I was like, that's like awesome for them. But like what am I doing? Like I want to dance, but like I really didn't want to join a company again. So it's like that's why I love ballet. It it feels like it's right for me to do it, but how I want to proceed with that, like we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. like with you know, dancing and whatnot. But yeah, I wouldn't have met literally any of the people in my life without it. And I'd be so sad. I know so many cool people from the dance world. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What's some advice you would give to a young dancer or your younger self?
1: I love this question. Um, I would, I would say um, this. Yeah, I guess this would be to my younger self or of You find balance in your life. And by that, I mean, balance between your ballet life and your life outside of ballet does not need to be ballet 24 seven. And I know a lot of us, when we were younger, we were total bunheads. We would come home, watch videos of it. Or, um, I answered a question about this recently somewhere. I don't know, maybe it was TikTok. Um, or even like when I was at Ellison Ballet, if we weren't staying like hours after class or like, you know, constantly working on something outside of class time, it almost felt like you were less of a dancer. And like, that is, not how I view it at all. Yeah, I'm sh- like, sure, There, there. today there's still moments where I'll spend a couple extra hours in the studio, whatever, but I think you need to have, especially when you're in the professional world of it, you're already in the studio rehearsing from what? Like 10 to sometimes five or six, that's like standard company life, maybe it's shorter. You need to come home and like disassociate from it, at least I do. Um, or you need to find something outside of the dance world um, that kind of balances into your life. For example, me, um, I really like music, stuff like that. I like going to concerts. I like film photography, stuff like that. And I think even recently I started discovering, like I need to have, you know, that balance. So I think that's like the best advice is love ballet. It's a big part of who you are, but it's not, it does not need to be your entire life because you'll get burnt out from that. You'll be stressed out. Um, and it's, it's different for everyone, though. Like some people, they need that, you know, but I think find balance. I think it's super, super important.
0: Yeah, I was definitely that way. And then I got injured and I was like, who am I? What am I doing? I have nothing to do. I have nothing to think about either. Yeah. It's just wanting to go back to dance. So then I yeah. found other things that I enjoyed. And I talked about this with someone else recently, but it's – finding like if ballet is so perfectionistic and you're really focused on that find something that you can be bad at and you don't have to worry about failing
1: because then you'll
0: have so much more balance that's how i feel about like for example running like i don't have to be a pro yeah i'm just doing it because i like it (laughs) or like painting or or cooking okay i'm not 100 percent pro but i'm following a recipe and trying
1: things. I love that. That is such a good outlook on it because I'm by no means a perfectionist at all, like outside of ballet. Like I'm not like that at all. Like it's so funny. And my teachers used to say, if you're not a perfectionist, why are you doing ballet? And that was like kind of insulting to me. I was like, just because I'm not like a perfectionist doesn't mean I care about what, my technique is looking like how I can improve my technique and how I'm applying my corrections. That's another, it's <laughs> another thing, but I, yeah, I really like that outlook that you have. I think it's super important. I, I love that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think not necessarily everyone's a perfectionist, but then this, the culture kind of drives it into you as your teacher. Yeah.
1: Saying. Ballet at the end of the day. Yeah. It is a really detailed and technical. Um, career, lifestyle, art form, however you look at it, but you don't need to be one necessarily. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: So what's the dancing environment like in LA? Uh, It's interesting
1: to say the least, actually. I mean, you think of LA, you're like, it's a big city. You think like kind of, I guess a lot of people compare it to New York in a way. Um, I think there's a big dance scene out here, but I don't, think it's necessarily tailored to ballet um i mean you have la ballet but they're very specific they're a balancing company um but they're not like a huge company at the end of the day either right like they're not like abt or new york city ballet in new york for example so um there's a lot of small projects out here and but i think the biggest thing about dancing in la or really anywhere but specifically la you got to network you got to just know people and like I've met a lot of people while taking class at Westside. That's how I got connected to the company I'm with now. Um, so I think it's just find your niche, find your energy and your vibe, what you what works with you. Um, and then kind of things will trickle from there. Um, but it's a lot of like small project type things, smaller performance groups. Um, ballet doesn't really seem to be a big Being out here and that's also another reason i'm like we're in la like why don't we have like something more established um it's yeah it's it's la like what are we doing
0: (laughs) yeah it's so interesting because growing up in southern california like there is a lot of ballet schools and they're great schools they're really you know run by awesome teachers and they're really well um established but they're not many companies um, uh, oh there's one my friend's creating one just kidding Duh. Is it
1: valley project OC? valley project oc i've seen their stuff on instagram
0: <laughs> my friend yeah she's creating one okay so that's in the works and yeah. it's gonna be amazing but like it's it, weird yeah it's very strange because new york and la i feel like they're both the biggest well maybe because i've lived in both places but I, I know like that's how I big, see it too. <laughs> they should have yeah. the biggest ballet. Um, So I guess it's being worked on, but, and it's LA cool. is a lot more commercial focused. Like, commercial Yes. Focus. And that's
1: what I've come to realize. It's like, it's super commercial focused. And like, obviously I'm not that at all. Like I, I can't, I'm not like that type of dancer <laughs> at all. Um, But yeah, it's interesting. Even down in San Diego, like they had California ballet, but then that kind of, phased out and now there's like golden state ballet down there but there's still like a smaller company but it's like there's great theaters to perform at here there's like a big art scene I mean we're in LA you have like the film industry you have all of that it's it is interesting to me that there's not like something more established than there is so we'll see but like you said your friend's starting the thing in OC maybe some more happening out this way um, I think it can easily happen. I would love to. I, I don't really want to live anywhere else besides California. It was, it was nice moving back here.
0: The weather, I can't get enough of. Every time I go back, I don't want to go back to New York because the weather is psycho here. It, one day it'll rain. The next day it's 100 degrees. The next day so it's snowing.
1: That was like Denver. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really miss that. I don't miss the snow. Everything else I can tolerate, but I don't miss the snow. But Yeah, the snow. <laughs> That's so California for me. I'd rather,
0: say, I like. yeah. <laughs> the beach is where it's at. Like that, that's just it. That's,
1: uh, yeah, I love it. Love it.
0: So now I just have a few rapid fire questions. Oh
1: boy. Okay, let's do
0: it. <laughs> okay. Favorite place in the whole world? Ooh, that's a good question. Um,
1: honestly, probably California, Hermosa Beach where I live right now. I really do love it so much. Favorite food? Uh anything vegan. <laughs> I love sweet foods though. Some chocolate, anything vegan.
0: Okay. Favorite dancewear brand. Mm.
1: Ooh, I, I'm gonna go with Dana Minden because I wear their point shoes and I or no no, Lucky Leo. I love Lucky Leo. The the owners are fantastic and I, I love them so much.
0: They're awesome. And last one, favorite music, favorite musician, bands, whatever.
1: Uh, (laughs) Behind me on my wall. um, I know it's a podcast, but um, I love 70s rock stuff Um, or like the Growlers are one of my favorite bands. A lot of smaller local artists around like L.A. as well. But I guess indie alternative or like 70s rock stuff is like my go to. Cool. Yeah. Yeah i a lot of rapid fire questions. Oh my God. I'm, I'm terrible. You did
0: good. I just had this thought. Maybe one day you could collaborate with like the growlers or some band and like love make that. a dance. Well, like,
1: it's okay. It's so weird because like I'm a pretty shy person, but like whenever I'm at concerts and stuff, I have no problem like talking and meeting to people. And like my sister's boyfriend, um, he has a band. So like I know a lot of like the local kids like from the South Bay area and um. So I like it. I know a lot of people like in the music industry actually. But yeah, it would be really I think it'd be cool to collab with people like that. I'm always open to like funky projects like that. I think I love it. So I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's fun. I would love to intertwine the two because I love both. I love music and I love dancing. So
0: yeah. (laughs) If anybody wants to. Yeah, anyone listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for joining me today the call this was so
1: fun it was really awesome chatting with you and i hope hope everybody enjoys it i don't
0: know (laughs) that was such a fun episode thank you so much for listening you can follow robbie on instagram at ballet freak you can also follow her school at west coast ballet school and her company at west.coast.ballet Her company will also be doing a production of Dracula in October. So if you're a pre-professional or professional dancer in the LA area and are interested in performing, reach out to her at West Coast Ballet School on Instagram. I'm your host, McCall Sheets, and thank you so much for listening. And as always, keep dancing.